sex can be a really healing experience. I feel like with all of my sexual experiences, they've all given me, taught me, showed me something that I needed to see and maybe didn't realize was there. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. This episode is going to be a very juicy one because today we are talking about BDSM. Now, if you have not listened to the Sex Life podcast uh, series, I would highly recommend doing so. I feel like I want I want to do a series, like another podcast series on another TV show. So if you have any recommendations, please let me know. But I do want to talk about BDSM today. Now, I am all for BDSM, kink, subdom, like all the things, whatever your sexual fantasies are, I'm here for it. I support it. Vibes. As I have talked about in one of my previous episodes, some people aren't aware, something to be mindful of is like your sexual fantasies in the bedroom should also be coming out in your life because a lot of us will, a lot of us will give ourselves permission to act out, for want of a better word, our sexual fantasies in the bedroom, but we won't let ourselves have them in real life. So for example, we will allow ourselves to be subdom in the bedroom, but we won't allow ourselves to claim that we want and desire that in day-to-day life. So therefore, because we're not getting it in our day-to-day life, we seek it in a, like we seek it more so, and it can be in kind of an unconsciously, like unconscious, unhealthy way in the bedroom because we need that need met essentially. So today I want to talk to you guys a little bit about is BDSM a trauma response? There's conversation about it. I've read articles about it from like both sides. And I want to kind of break down my take on it because I've gone through also phases of my life where it's interesting to notice the kind of sex that I was wanting, needing, and what would turn me on based on my life at the time. So firstly, I want to say if you have not already claimed your space for Queen Alchemy, please do so. Um, There's going to be at least one of the calls held in Europe somewhere in beautiful Italy. So I'm really excited for those of you that are able to join in for that vibe, at least one of the Thursday calls. Then that week, all the mini trauma calls will also be held in that same place. And then there will also be four calls, at least four of the calls, if not five, will be held in one of my biggest manifestations that came way faster than I ever thought. It will be held in that place with that energy. And if you're in my space, then you get to tap into that big quantum leap as well and absorb that energy and frequency, which is pretty special. So I'm really excited to be able to share those places with those of you in Queen Alchemy. 10th round, it's going to be fire as usual. And I just, I love this program to pieces. So let's talk about BDSM. Is BDSM a trauma response? Jumping straight in. So firstly, just because you're confident in the bedroom does not necessarily mean that you do not have trauma. You may not. Like for some people, the thought or the action of any kind of subdom in the bedroom will be very triggering for them because they have trauma they haven't dealt with. So they will stay away from that arena. Great, fine. And then I'll kind of go into that in a second. For some of you guys, you will actually essentially need that in order to feel something 
insects. And I've gone through these phases in my life where if I'm feeling like I am a little bit more in my masculine or I'm not feeling really cherished and loved and desired and wanted and all those feminine things that we want in my day-to-day life, then I will have sex with the person that I'm seeing or whatever, or the guy that I picked up in the bar. This was obviously prior to my relationship now. Um, I will then need very subdom sex and like more of that BDSM kink to get turned on. Like if he's not choking me, like I'm not happy basically. If there was more of like a slow vibe, I'd be really turned off. Now I'll kind of go into the different phases of not your life, but like where you are in your life per se and like the kind of season that you're in, in a little bit. Um, but what I do want to say is that for those of you that are like constantly in a freeze response, for example, or that feel very numbed out and disassociated, you will need more, uh, physical pressure, let's say in order to feel more in your body. So you won't feel pain as much as someone that's really, really sensitive because you're not feeling enough in your body. You're not feeling in your body because you're not really in your feminine. You're probably shut down. Maybe there's some trauma in there. You're probably covering yourself with a masculine armor. Your heart is closed. So there needs to be so much more energetic penetration, right? And that can be penetration penetration through like, when I say energetic penetration, that can be like through choking, slapping, like using handcuffs, ropes, whatever. Like I should elicit maybe a little bit of a trauma, uh, not a trauma warning, <laughs> a trigger warning. Um, but I feel like the topic gives that away for those of you that don't want to listen to this. You will need more of that in order to just feel orgasmic. Whereas somebody else that isn't numbed out won't need as much of that to feel orgasmic. They could want that, but they won't need it to feel, if that makes sense. So just to firstly make something clear, just because you're confident in the bedroom doesn't mean that you don't have trauma, does not mean that you don't have things that you can heal, grow, evolve, and work on. So the other thing I want to mention about like having sex like this is that one, there's nothing wrong with it. I like there, we need to remove any, any kind of stigma around like, you know, quote unquote fantasies or kink in the bedroom. Like, I feel like you guys are all pretty up to date with this as you listen to my podcast. Like, that's just like not really something that I'm into. Like, we don't need to stigmatize any of that. I don't really care. So if you're into this kind of stuff, great. If you're not also great, like we're all individual, you do you, whatever makes you happy. Thank you very much. Now, I love rough sex. I love rough sex. I like being choked. I like being pinned down. I like being fucked really hard. I like all those things. And I also don't want them sometimes. I also want intimate lovemaking. It totally depends on the vibe that I am in and what my body is craving and needing and what I want and what I need in that moment. So, you know, sometimes there's also this line where you need BDSM, not because of like you're dealing with some trauma response, you quote unquote need more of that rough sex because you've had a really rough day and you want to be able to drop into your feminine because you have been feeling so overwhelmed and you just need to get fucked. Like the feminine, like a woman and men, this is good for those of you guys listening to it as well. Like we, when we want to let go, we will only be able to let go when you don't have any trauma. We will only be able to let go when we feel like you have got full control, you're holding down the fort, you know what you're doing. So the more I, I can surrender really deeply when my man is fully in his masculine in the bedroom and like fully in control, fully penetrating me, not just physically, but energetically, I am like 
a fucking starfish. Like I am so open, so relaxed, so surrendered, so in my feminine, and it's the hottest sex. But when I am in my head or I've had a rough day or I'm overanalyzing things, I won't be able to let go as much. So, you know, we've learned over time what we do. And long story short, he knows that he has to actually put me in my place more and make me relax so that more of that kind of BDSM vibe needs to come in to force me in a healthy way into my feminine versus, you know, like, for example, last night, I didn't need to be forced into my feminine. I already was. So what that meant was like, he actually didn't need to engage uh, with, he didn't need to have more force, like force in a healthy way, of course. He didn't need to have more force on me because I was already there. And because I was already there as well, it was like I was so in my feminine. So because of polarity, he went so in his masculine. If I wasn't already there, he wouldn't then go into his masculine initially. He would have, sorry, if I was already there, right, he would need to put me into my feminine before he could go into his masculine. And like, it's really interesting, this is kind of going on a tangent, but when you and your partner are super connected, you really see sex as a dance and sex can be so fucking healing. Like when I, this is like, I mean, if my boyfriend heard this, he'd be like, what the fuck? This is so TMI, Monica, but this is the brand, right? You guys, you guys love this shit. Please tell me you love this shit when you're about to hear what I say. (laughs) So, um, for me, like I will bawl my fucking eyes out at the end of sex when he has like gone past an orgasm for me, if that makes sense. Like there is an orgasm for me and then there is past an orgasm and past an orgasm is hysterically crying and weeping. And that was last night and it was great. And that is like the most, like that is just like this huge release right? Energetically, emotionally, spiritually, X, Y, and Z, because I, because I have given him permission and I, and I've let him like penetrate me, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally and spiritually. And it's like, it feels like when he's penetrating me, like my heart is exploding. And I want to say like, that has all come from me healing my shit because I have been through moments where based on my life, I'm like needing this like really kinky, intense, like choke me, hit me, whatever kind of sex, because I haven't felt the way that I've actually wanted to feel day to day. Now, because I feel the way that I want to feel day to day, and I'm in a really healthy relationship, and you can just be in a healthy dating situation. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's just about like you feeling a certain way with the person that you're having sex with. I'm able to open so much naturally. I don't need any force to open, if that makes sense. I feel like there's like a few different points there. I don't know whether that makes sense. I'm like, my brain is like not peaking today. So hopefully you guys could uh, take what you needed um, from that. But on the flip side of it, if you, uh, on the flip side of it, like not the flip side, sorry. Another point with this is that sex can be a really healing experience a really healing experience. Like I feel like with the, all of my sexual experiences, they've all given me, taught me, showed me something that I needed to see and maybe didn't realize was there. Like even when I was single and like fucking around and doing whatever I was doing and having fun, which I love doing and absolutely no shame on any of that. I think we all, um, I think it's actually a really healthy thing to do if you're doing it with like awareness. Um, anyway, when I would have sex, like they would all 
it would all give me something different, right? Like it was healing in a different way, whether it was healing for myself, whether it was eye-opening, whether it was realizing, you know, whether it was realizing something that I wasn't feeling. Like they, like sex can be this healing experience. And now, you know, having sex with someone, like my man that I just love, adore, and feel so safe and protected by, it is healing in this whole other way. Most of us don't realize that when we can go into sex and intimacy with this open heart and this deep trust within ourselves and also like deep boundaries within ourselves, we allow ourselves to open up more. And by opening up more and having, you know, beautiful, conscious, deep sex with your partner, and if you're single, like save this for later, it allows you to heal things from past relationships and past partners that are still there. Like sometimes my boyfriend will like hit fucking points and I'm literally doing like cervical dearmoring with his penis. Like he will hit points where it's like I am just releasing something. I don't know what it is, but it feels so good to be able to have him being the one helping me to release that. He fucking loves it. He loves when I bore my eyes out because it's like, that's, that's what, like he did that. Like he fucking loves it. He loves it because he knows that I'm like healing something and I'm letting go of something. And you know, there's there, I have, I have had shitty relationships in the past. I have dealt with shitty men in the past. Like we all have dealt with shitty men or shitty women. If you're a man listening, I'm sure you dealt with shitty women in the past. And all of those situations we need to heal from, like we can still be holding on to them without realizing. And the beautiful thing about getting into a really healthy relationship is like you're, you can't heal certain things when you're single because they aren't being brought up until you're in a relationship. So then when you're in this relationship, you really can use sex and intimacy as a way for you to heal your, for you to heal yourself, if that makes sense. And for you to help your partner heal as well. Like all past relationships can give us some fucking shit that we need to deal with. So let's embrace that. We don't need to be shameful of it. If you've done work on yourself when you were single, do not worry if it re-comes up in a different way when you're in a relationship, that's being human. And there is always other layers that sometimes can come up when you're in different situations. You might have thought that you've healed from all of your sexual trauma, for example, but then you get into a certain sexual scenario and it comes up again. Nothing's wrong with you. You're not broken. Don't shame yourself. It's like it's coming up in a different way because you have not been in this situation before that has allowed it to be brought up in this way before, if that makes sense. Ladies, Queen Alchemy is closing shortly and you do not want to miss out on this. I know there are so many of you and honestly, you probably listening that have wanted to do this program forever and you are holding yourself back from beliefs that are coming through your ego and coming through fears that are not supporting your higher self. This program will change your life. Look like you owe it to yourself to look at the website page and read all those testimonials because they are the proof that doing this program is not risky. It's not a what if I don't get the results. As long as you show up, you will get the results because every other woman has. Look at the testimonials. Look at all the screenshots. There are three full highlights full of screenshots from the last four years of running Queen Alchemy. So rest assured that this program will absolutely change your life. And I cannot wait to do this 
this program in some new place in my life. Very, very special. The environment alone is going to quantum leap you. And I, I just cannot wait to show you this amazing new space of mine. I've had actually quite a few client situations where, you know, they were super, I only engage in polyamory, I only do BDSM, or I'm super confident in the bedroom, like I'm super into all the BDSM, like I don't have any sexual trauma or like whatever, just insert other, insert other like situations. And it's so fascinating when I'm like, okay, so could you have like love making sex? And they're like, well, it'd be kind of boring. Like, mm, interesting. Or okay, so you cannot be in a monogamous relationship. Like, oh my God, no, that's the worst thing in the world. Like I, that would like, I just cannot, like I'm so miserable in those blah, blah, blah. I'm like, interesting. Then I look at their case and I'm like, huh, this makes so much sense. And the reason why is like many of us can put these labels on ourselves as a way for us to literally avoid the shit that we don't want to face. So we avoid, you know, the sense of being trapped, quote unquote, in our childhood by only engaging in polyamory relationships, or we um, disengage and we avoid the numbness that we feel by only engaging in kind of abusive um, relationships or only BDSM. Like as examples, like we do these things, you'll often do the polar opposite or the exact same to how you grew up. So my mom was very, very loving and almost a little bit smothering to me. I love her dearly. A little bit smothering to me when I was little. First born, like whatever, it happens, right? No shame on our parents, by the way. Like we, I'm going to traumatize my kids. I know that. Like we all fucking do it. Um, but we don't mean to, right? Like most of us don't mean to. It's just that your child perceives something in a different way. And I know one of the what would Monica do questions is about that. Um, so I will answer that for you guys as well. If you haven't already, if you're not made aware of this, if you are in the behind the scenes bubble, um, you will get the opportunity to send in voice messages, um, uh, that I will like of questions that I will answer on the podcast with our new segment of what would Monica do that are like little segments that will come out every Wednesday starting on August. I think it's second. So definitely make sure you're part of the bundle, uh, the, the behind the scenes bubble. It is $10 a month to join. And then you get the chance to also ask these questions plus get behind the scenes of like different bits and pieces of my life. Okay. So, um, I'd be like the first to know like big announcements and all that jazz. Uh, what was I saying? So yeah, you will have, like, so I love my mother dearly, um, but she was a smotherer. So I go the opposite and I am an avoider. I avoid. I can sometimes go, I will, I used to sometimes be anxious avoidant, but if I am in a situation where something is causing me, if something is causing me to like go into a trauma response, not that I'm getting triggered. It's like shit happens in our lives where our bodies go into a trauma response and it can be super micro. I'll give you an example in a second. Um, I'll be avoided. So my boyfriend's been picking up lately. We've had, we have a lot going on in our lives right now. My boyfriend's been picking up, been picking up lately that I say, whatever, I'll be like, there'll be an issue. And I'll be like, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, whatever. And then I'll leave the room and he's picked it up. He's like, stop saying whatever. He's like, you're fucking avoidant when it comes to this. Like you'll just say whatever and you blow it off. Like stop saying it. And I'm like, I was like, Oh, good fucking point. And I'm like, wow. And it's not that, not that, like, I can't even remember the situation, what we were talking about. It wasn't anything triggering. It's just like my way of not dealing with overwhelm <laughs> is to avoid. Some people's way is to get anxious. Some people's way is to eat. Some people's way is to overexercise or to just sleep all day. Some people's way is to like, I don't know, smoke weed all afternoon or to like 
go on a three-hour walk every day. They could, your avoidance can show up in different ways. So my way is like blowing it off. And then I go to my, I go to my to-do list and I do something else. So my way is avoid and then go to work. So we all have those, those, um, like trauma responses and a trauma response can be separate to a trigger. Just FYI, you can be triggered by something and go into your trauma response, or you can be not triggered, but you just have your default trauma response because we're humans And no matter whether you've healed from your trauma or not, there will be new little micro things or maybe macro, hopefully not for all of us, in our lives that will cause you to go into some kind of trauma response again. Okay. The other thing with BDSM is that it is a, and the whole question of like, is it a trauma response? It is a, if you can see my nails, by the way, I'm so sorry. I actually need to um, take the nail polish off today. They're a little bit chipped and it's disgusting. I think it's one of the most tacky things ever. (laughs) Anyway, so... um, if you if you are also constantly in your masculine all the time or if you have this masculine armor around you all the time, it is a really good way for you to feel things if you are in your masculine all the time. It is a really good way, like BDSM is can be your way of getting that sense of femininity because you don't get that in your day-to-day life because you're heavily masculine, for example. Or it can be the only way that you can let go and relax because you're constantly in an adrenaline rush and you're constantly in this output of energy. And the only way that you feel like you get energy is by being able to fully let go and engage in some kind of BDSM. And remember, there's like different sorts of BDSM. Don't just think it's like being tied up and whipped all day. Like that's not all BDSM. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I've said all that. Um, so yeah, if you are really sensitive because of your trauma, then you probably won't go to BDSM because it'll be really triggering for you. So instead, for some people, what will happen is in order for them to engage in any kind of subdom, they have to heal all of their trauma. So for some of you, it'll be like you're really turned on by these alpha males because of your trauma. And then for some of you, that's really like scary, overwhelming and really triggering because of your trauma. It like depends on the, it's like a fork, right? Like it depends on the way in which you respond with your trauma, for example. So when I was younger and like still had all of my trauma, my way was to go for really alpha men because I was generally avoidant and a bit numbed out. So I would go to alpha men that would help me to feel. And I loved a trauma bond because I would feel more and I would get addicted to the highs and lows. That's my personality type. That's how I did it. For other women, they do the opposite. They go to a really passive man so that they can stay in control and not get triggered by their trauma, for example. But then they also are resentful and hate their partner at the same time. So that's also triggering, right? So there's diff- there's like there's like two kind of ways, like and they're polar opposite in the way that your trauma can be showing up when it comes to just like sex and intimacy and, and the way that you want to engage in sex in general. So Um, I obviously want to preface again, it is also not a trauma response being into BDSM. Like you could be super into it and also it could also not be a trauma response. And the way that you would know that is if you've healed all your shit and you do BDSM very consciously. So you can have super love making sex and feel everything just the same as you can have BDSM. So with me and my, with me and my boyfriend, like we can, one minute be like making super deep love and it can be super intimate and slow and nourishing. And then the next minute it's like pinned down, being slapped, like whatever. I won't, he'll hate me if I paint the picture too much. <laughs> he said something to me yesterday and he's like, you are never allowed to put that on the podcast. And I'm like, all right. He's like, I'm going to make you sign an NDA for that. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> 
anyway, I will respect that, but I said I don't want to go too much into it. But it's like I can now have both because both feel good. One does not feel better than the other. Both feels good. They're done consciously. And um, and it's not because I'm not already feeling. It's just because of like the mood that we're in for that moment kind of thing or like the mood that I'm in or how I want to have sex in that moment. It's less about it's less about um, what I need and rather about what I want in that moment, if that makes sense. Um, okay. The other thing I also want to mention about like how BDSM could be a trauma response is, you know, some women are very overly sexual um, in the way they present themselves. Again, nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't care. Like I post fucking laundry pictures on my Instagram and, you know, tit pics and no, not like, I mean, if you don't know me that well, like not an actual boob. Um, And, you know, I'm like sexually eating strawberries. I don't do it as much as I used to do. Not because I don't, literally not for any reason other than like my boyfriend is like, can you keep that to myself? Can you keep that to just me and not put on Instagram? Which I like, I get now, right? Like I'm in a very healthy relationship where he has claimed me and is like, can you keep that for sharing on your podcast and doing with your clients? And like, people know that you do that. People know that you're like, you've got your sexuality down pat. And he's like, I just don't want like my friends and family and everyone like knowing my woman's body. And I'm like, that's kind of hot. Like, I think that's fucking sexy. I like it. Like initially I was like, fuck off. But then the more that I have like fallen in love with him, I was like, I love this. Like you just want me to yourself. And that to me is a beautiful thing. And again, it's in a healthy way, not in an unhealthy way. If I put up a picture of like a saucy picture of me, he wouldn't like give me the silent treatment and then leave our kind of thing is actually now what it is, is just when I'm posting a picture showing a lot of skin, he's like, just send the picture to me beforehand. So one that I have it, but also because then he doesn't think that a fright with he opens Instagram. He doesn't, he's not really on Instagram though. So he never really sees it, but he doesn't want one of his friends commenting, like commenting when he sees them. And then him being like, wait, what picture? And then he's like, oh my God. And kind of put on the spot. So that's kind of our situation with that. Anyway. So point being is, um, is uh, some women that are like really overly sexual in the way they show up, it can also be for validation, right? Like they deeply crave and want a man's love, attention, validation, and to be claimed. And they think that the only way to get that is through being sexual. So they do that because they're wanting something. And again, like there's actually like, if you do that, there's no shame on you for doing that. It is your way of trying to seek love and validation. It's like that's, and so it's like that seeking of love and validation, for example, is then what we need to heal, right? Because there's so many other ways for you to get that feeling of love and validation without needing to do, without needing to engage in that. And will you always attract in the most healthy relationships if you're only putting out your sexuality? Probably not. Because really grounded masculine men, they're like, I want to uncover you. I want the mystery. I want, I don't want to just know every inch of you from just seeing you, for example. I want that, I want that unknown that I have to figure out for myself, that I have to uncover and X, Y, and Z. And that's obviously hard for some of us because like our Instagram like shows a lot of our life, blah, blah, blah. But I will say something that I love is that when my boyfriend first met me, 
we did follow each other on Instagram after we met, um, but he was like, I'm barely on Instagram. I was like, literally the only reason why I made him follow me. Uh, the only reason why I followed him on Instagram was because I'm like, I feel like when you meet people in like skiing, for example, like when you meet people skiing, like we did, you like, yeah, put your name in my contact. I'm going to forget your name in about five minutes. And then I'm not going to be able to find you in my contacts because I don't know half people in my contacts. So I need to know your Instagram because then also like you just keep in touch more these days when you have someone's Instagram, you know, you said, you said send them like a little message, a flame emoji, comment on their Instagram stories. And if you don't have that, it's like, how do you fucking talk? Like, it's so weird how we've like gone into that kind of area and like how we've uh, not adapted, but like how we've changed in that regard. But anyway, so he actually was like, I didn't want to look at your Instagram very much because I didn't want to get a preconceived idea of that. And I was very, very happy to hear that. He also thought that it was all daddy's money. He thought it was like a side gig. And he was like, who is this chick? Like, this is such a weird thing. He never heard about this space. And then when he, when we like properly like met, met and like talked and cause when you're skiing, you don't really talk. Um, it was like, oh, this is not daddy's money. I'm like, no, it is definitely not daddy's money. Like sometimes I wish, but absolutely not. <laughs> um, okay. So what was I going to say? So yeah, are you into BDSM because you feel sexier and more validated by it? Do you feel more loved and accepted and more wanted by men because you think that it is sexier and it is better than not being into it. For example, do you wear it as a badge of honor rather than as something that's sacred and personal to you? So really asking like, what is the reason behind it? Like if I think about my reason behind um, wanting it, like there were moments in my life where I would want that because I would want to surrender, which was telling me what I needed in my, in my life. Now, when I want that, it's like, I just want to like let go to my man and like be fully fucking claimed by him. But it's not actually about me per se. It's more about the sexual engagement with my boyfriend rather than it being about like, what do I need? And me seeking that in like maybe a little bit of an unhealthy way, like I used to do, for example. So I kind of want to finish up by basically giving you guys like some homework to really think about why do you enjoy it? What is it that it gives you? Why do you like it? Could you live without it? Because if you couldn't, red flag. Could you live? It was always like the things that you can't, if you can't live without something, that's a red flag. Like you're too addicted to it. What could, like, could you live without it? Why do you enjoy it? What does it give you? Right. Really thinking about that. Can you also have slow and intimate sex? And you know, sex is sacred, but it's also not. So like, I really do see both sides. It's like the whole like sex is sacred. Don't have sex with people that you don't want their energy. Like, okay, great. But also sometimes a woman just needs to get fucked. Like, and you know, you're single and you need to go to a bar and get fucked. And I completely get that. And I support it because I've been there and done that. Like no fucking shame whatsoever. And that's not necessarily, that's actually not necessarily a trauma response per se. It literally just could be like, I have the urge to get fucked separate to my trauma. Um, so it's like, those situations that's so individual, like I couldn't tell you whether you are doing it in a trauma response or not, unless I actually know why it's come up, what your day was like, what your week's like, and also what your trauma is. Um, so yeah, no shame on sometimes needing to get fucked. So sex can also just be sex. Like it doesn't need to be sacred, but it also is sacred. It also is something where it's like, you know, keeping that mystery, keeping it to yourself is kind of a nice thing sometimes. And it's not that you shouldn't share it or that you shouldn't publicize it because I publicize it. What it's more, what I'm more trying to bring to you guys is I want you to 
See whether you get triggered by the idea of not publicizing it. For example, if you like put it on your Instagram, because if you don't want to, if you're like, if you get triggered by not publicizing it, I'm like, hmm, do you get validation then of publicizing it? Because then it's like, hmm, there's a trauma response, right? Where it's like, you need a BDSM to feel enough or to feel loved or to feel validated. And then you need to be able to share it to also feel enough and validated by the public eye, for example. Because I want us to also just recognize that sex is something that can be really sacred and it is personal to us, right? So with that knowing that like sex is a sacred experience, it is an intimate experience, it is a vulnerable one, and it is a very energetically sensitive one. I also just want to make sure that you're all, you know, having sex that is truly nourishing you and is not coming from a place of of any kind of numbness or disassociation or anxiousness or anything else, but it's coming from this deeply grounded heart space is kind of, it's kind of what I want to give to you all today. I want to make sure that we're all having the best sex that is the healthiest sex and the most nourishing for all of us. So I'm going to leave the episode there. I hope that you guys loved it. Please make sure that you go and look at the, listen to the sex life series if you haven't already, because it is so good. And I do talk about BDSM and everything and subdom and whatnot in there. And I know you guys love hearing more about this. So just keep a lookout. I am going to end up doing, I mean, if you're not already in Queen Alchemy, like you absolutely need to, especially if you find yourself being quite masculine and you've got that masculine armor around you. I mean, you know whether you're meant to be in Queen Alchemy. If you listen to this episode, you probably listen to a shitload of others and you know whether you whether you need it or not. If you don't know what Queen Alchemy is, everything's on the website page or just shoot me an email. Um, this program is just the most amazing thing in the world. I'm so proud of it. I adore it and I love it. And I would love for all of you to really consider whether you need this because most women do need this. And this is like deep, deep healing work. It's not just like some fun, like sex, sex program. So, um, just quickly going back for the last, the last little bit, please go listen to the sex life, um, series. But also what I want to encourage you guys to do is please make sure that you do that homework and don't just forget about that because that kind of reflection will be really helpful for, um, for all of you. And I know that a lot of you that are, you know, quote unquote girl bosses, we know that I do not love that word now. Um, but you, are very successful. You make a lot of money. You're a woman, whatever. You are in a relationship with a man that doesn't make as much, or you want to be in a relationship, but you find it hard because most men don't make as much as you. And that can kind of bring up worry, fear, concerns, X, Y, and Z. If you're on the flip side of that, you're a man listening to this and you don't make as much money as your woman. Both of you guys need to listen up. Everyone needs to listen up. So You'll understand it more in like a few weeks when I announce something, but I will be doing in September, early September, a masterclass on being the female feminine breadwinner. Um, This is something that I am currently am. Like I did the episode with Louise for the girl chat. I make a lot more money than my boyfriend and I am in a very feminine, masculine, subdom relationship. Um, I never feel like the masculine ever. He always is the masculine. Sometimes I hate that (laughs) because I'm not getting what I want, but I am definitely the feminine at least 99% of the time. And he is the masculine. He takes the lead in 99% of the situations. Um, and I did actually talked about this a little bit on my Instagram live yesterday that is already up as a podcast that you can listen to. So 
about like understanding your zones, um, that episode. So please just keep a lookout for that and make sure that you are on my email list and everything like that. So that you do not miss out. And we're getting a new website very, very soon. I don't think it will be up when, no, it won't be up when this episode is out, but um, it will be up uh, like beginning of August. So I'm really excited for that. We've needed a facelift for a while. And that will also just help with like the easy everything for you guys because there have been some website glitches on my website, but this new website has just taken months to build because there is so much on my website and in my website that it's taken like literally half a year um, for them to get this get this done. So lots of exciting things happening. I'm really um, just pumped for life right now and I'm pumped to take you guys on the journey. I do also want to let you know that if you're not in the behind the scenes bubble, I would join that just for updates, life changes, all that kind of stuff. If you want to get the first goss on all of those things and get more than I put on my Instagram story, that'd be the best place to go. And then also, which is very exciting, there is a big facelift, a name change to Baba. The content's going to say the same. So if you're an old Baba girl, don't be worried about missing out. The content's going to say the same and everything because it's just fucking magic and amazing. Um, But I'm changing the name to something that feels so fucking right. So if you are wanting to uh, be in the next round of Baba, that will be opening in August. Uh, make sure you're on the wait list because this program just gets better and better. And the next round of it is going to be held in a very beautiful, special, high vibrational place that you are all going to want to be in.